0: I'm Michelle Abraham, the host, join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get amplified! Hello, hello, Amplify You family, Michelle Abraham, your host here today. I'm super excited to bring you a behind the mic interview. Today I'm interviewing James Allen. So let me say hi to James first before I tell you a bit more about him. Hey, James, how you doing?
1: I'm doing awesome, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Super excited about this.
0: Welcome. Well, I'm glad you're here. So guys, let me tell you about James. So he is got the Performance of Productivity podcast. So he's the host of that show and he's an international performance of productivity coach, author, speaker, and he helps his clients 10x their productivity so they can write the right things done, earn more money, and have more time to do what they want to do with. And he's got a very holistic approach to this. Uh, which is great because he helps his clients create a business that surpasses their expectations in health, wealth, and relationships. And uh, James is all about the inner game. So confidence, mindset, health and well-being, courage, leadership, performance, and productivity. So James, I love what you're all about. Love the name of your show. We were just talking about that. So tell us a bit about your podcasting journey. How long have you had the show? When did you start? Why did you start it?
1: Oh yeah. I um I don't even know how long it's been. It's been over a year for sure that I've overall been podcasting, but I recently just made the shift to performance and productivity because I was like really into performance, but I really loved the whole productivity aspect. I was like, wait, that's a, like a great niche that I could just focus on. You know, in my last podcast I wasn't really getting discovered. That's kind of what we were talking about. It was called MPI radio. And it was cool when I explained it to people, but to find it, you know, in terms of SEO and whatnot, it was really difficult and it had to be explained. So I was like, like I want something that doesn't need to be explained. And, uh, yeah, kind of made that shift. The reason I started a podcast really in the beginning was just to connect with people. Uh, having a show is a great opportunity to connect with people. You know, you meet someone cool or especially someone who's doing very well that you just want to have a conversation with You'd be Like, Hey, I have a show. Can I interview you for 20, 30 minutes? They're like, yeah, that's totally cool. And they're like, okay, I'll put it out on the internet. I'll put it on my blog, et cetera, et cetera. So that was kind of the first thing I started doing it with, but, um, yeah, it just evolved from there. And I still do interviews as well. I love doing them. So
0: yeah, I think we're from the same mindset with it. it's so great to have a platform to be able to offer someone to showcase them on you get to know reach out to people that you admire people mm-hmm. that you never thought you'd have the chance to have a conversation with. And then all of a sudden you're having this interview with someone that you admire. It's really cool because now this is something that you because of a podcast get to do. So, you yeah. know, Amazing. So yeah. I'm to take it back for a second because we were talking about this right before we started, how you switched your name to your podcast. And I think this is a really important, I think this is a really important message because I also have been finding that my podcast is very hard to search. The name is not super easy. And I've always coached my clients on having a really literal name for your podcast, like performance and productivity. It's really literal. You know what you're going to talk about on that show. Yeah. And it's interesting that you also had that uh, shift. So I want to talk about how did you make that shift? So did you make a new season? Did you just switch the name and carry on? Or what was that that like on your podcast?
1: Yeah, so I didn't want to just like switch and not tell anyone. Just be like, Mm -hmm. oh, now it's the performance productivity. And there was a couple of things, like obviously the name, uh, which Mm -hmm. a friend of mine, we talked about, he kind of inspired me with the keyword idea because his podcast is called Science and Spirituality, Mm -hmm. which is a great podcast, by the way, go check it out. Uh, If you're into like quantum fields and, you know, universal stuff. So he's really cool, super intelligent. I'm like, this is crazy. It's him and his brother. But anyway, that's kind of what opened me up to like the importance of the keywords and looking at my podcast, MPI radio, I was like, I don't really have those keywords. So I tried like typing out massive positive impact radio. It was just a little too, too wordy. So, I mean, the performance of productivity podcast is still kind of wordy but, uh, it has those keywords. So really, if you actually type in my podcast, it's not the performance and productivity podcast. It just says performance and productivity. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that's how my friends is too. So I was like, it works for them. I'm going to do it too. And, um, it's been good so far, but, uh, to make the transition, uh, when I it would interview people, it was kind of like a cool little end to like a kickoff to this new uh, chapter in my podcasting journey. But when I'd interview people, I would always ask them one question that was guaranteed I was going to ask at the end of the interview. And it was, what's your MPI? So like, Michelle, what's your MPI? What's the massive positive impact that you want to see create or be a part of in this world? It's just kind of like what what you're working on or what you just love to see. It's like, I'd love to see like happier people or whatever it is. And everybody had a different MPI. So Mm -hmm. what I did was I went through and I actually rounded up Um, a handful of some of my favorite MPIs and Mm -hmm. I just edited out that part where I asked them, what's your MPI? And I like tag their name and whatnot. And, uh, before we went into the MPIs, I just kind of explained like, here's why I'm doing this. You know, it's because in terms of me and a business and like podcasts and whatnot, Mm -hmm. SEO is terrible. Everything i basically explained to you. Um, In this podcast, I just explained that in the episode and then I went into the MPIs that people had and then I closed it out and just asked people to rate the podcast because that's another big thing that I'm really focusing on right now and taking it more seriously is just like ratings, because with ratings, we really can grow. So that's like a big focus of mine right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I like how you pivoted. I and mean, we've seen people do all sorts of different ways, where like creating a new season or creating a whole different show. But it's so nice to continue on with the same same listeners you already have, but just now like having that show that's kind of that bridge between the two different uh the different kind of styles. Now, yeah, uh, yeah. It's well, the,
1: cool. the other thing is that it's not like. Like MPI radio, I would still talk about performance and productivity as well, but it just in terms of like, for sake of the podcast, Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to come up with something different. Uh, So for them, the listeners, it's still relative to them, you know, maybe Mm is even more focused on specifically their productivity, which is going to be really big for them as well. Uh, One more thing that I did was I never uh, like numbered my podcast Mm -hmm. episodes, in MPI radio, I think I did, I did like three and then I just like lost track or whatever. And I just stopped doing it. So I would just kind of put out episodes. Now I'm actually numbering the episodes so I can refer. Cause I noticed in MPI radio, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I did this one episode way back, you know, but it's like, I had a ton of episodes. There's a time where I was doing like daily episodes for a little period. And, um, yeah, I just, now I can actually number them and be like, oh yeah, that's episode number three or episode number, you know, eleven or whatever it is. So right, like
0: yeah, a- and that's great to inter- to send people back to the episodes with the with the numbers on them. I love that idea too. Yeah. And it's funny we were just talking about um, the names of our podcast before. One thing I discovered with the name of my podcast was that because I have a capital Y in the middle of Amplify You, um, if you don't put that into the search in iTunes, it doesn't come up at all, which is crazy. And so the other thing you said that reminded me of this is you're not the Performance of Productivity podcast, because if you did, if you just wrote Performance of Productivity, it wouldn't show up because there was no the, if you have a the in the name. So even those small little words, so guys, it's so important you're naming your podcast, it's crazy to think that that has a huge impact on people searching your show.
1: Like that yeah. just blows my mind. Oh, yeah. I love- yeah, go ahead. That's uh, it's also like, I mean, with YouTube as well, like mm-hmm. using tools like VidIQ, that's what I just started using mm-hmm. recently. And I went. my SEO score was just kind of like, oh, it's okay. Sometimes I'd nail it, but I never knew why. So uh, using VidIQ has been great because it's all about SEO, you know, to get yeah. discovered. And that's one of the biggest challenges for people. Like they have great content, but they're not getting found, you know? And that's mm-hmm. why having a great name, like we're talking about is so big. Uh, but with vidIQ, I use that for YouTube and now my SEO score that it shows you is at a hundred percent, you know, awesome. for that episode, I just did one today. It was like the first official one of doing this process it took me a little bit longer, but I'm finding my flow, you know, but, uh, that's something huge. And like, I make my YouTube videos and then I just upload the audio onto anchor, which puts it onto mm-hmm. everything else. So I'm doing what you hear on the podcast is also a YouTube video, Uh, Mm -hmm. for me, but yeah, that it's such a big thing. I would recommend whoever's listening. If they're starting a podcast or making some kind of pivot, like I've been doing this for like a year, nothing's really happening. Really pay attention to like SEO and podcasts, read articles. That's what I did. I watch videos, like keywords, all these different things, just like indulge in that kind of information. That's probably the biggest tip I could give you.
0: Yeah. It's pretty interesting that the keywords play such a big part. And I always say like the most frequently asked questions too that you get asked in your business, those make really good episodes because oh, yeah. you can send your customers back there and like, where someone's asking you Google, like, oh, well, it's an episode three where I talked all about that question that I get asked all the time. <laughs> so yep. it, makes, it, makes you, it makes your podcast so much useful and so useful in your business. So that's really yep. awesome. Now switching the keys key, gears right now over to productivity. What have you learned being a podcaster using your productivity skills and your efficiency skills? I'd love to know how you have kind of incorporated that in your workflow of how you do your podcast. And you talked a little bit about a second ago how that repurposing from YouTube to uh, to the uh, podcasting space, which is great.
1: Yeah, totally. So, <clears throat> what I did for a little while. Um, to do even more. I honestly haven't been doing as much social media. I've been focusing more on like YouTube Mm -hmm. and my blog and things like that. Um, with the time that I do have in terms of content, I do put up some stuff on social media, but not like focusing heavily on that. Some people love me. Some people despise me for that. But, um, what you can do is, uh, the flow that I would do is I would even make it super simple. I was like, I need something to be easy for me. And, Mm -hmm. um, it used to take me like a day to create a piece of content. And that's like, I want to minimize the amount of time it takes to still create a quality piece of content. So what I would do is I would record a zoom video and I just set it up and I would just do zoom and just speak my piece of content, whatever it is. And I could look up stuff on my computer too, which was cool. Uh, and still look like I'm looking at the camera, you know, but um, I would do that. And then I would also open up anchor and just record straight into anchor but you can always Mm -hmm. like record on zoom and then upload it and it'll Mm -hmm. take away the audio. So that's a YouTube video right there. That's a podcast episode right Mm -hmm. there. And then in the description, when I was writing it out, I would do like a long form post, which is I, in another example, it's your blog post. Now you can Mm -hmm. do like transcripts as well. And just like, I mean, if you want like a good transcript, you'd have, to pay it like rev.com or something like that, but you pay for what you get. You know, there's a lot of transcripts, but they're not good or accurate. I've seen that even in my own videos. I was like, it like put in like the F word, and I was like, shit. Like, I didn't mean to say, I didn't even say that, but it just like mixed it up, you know? So it, it'll, uh, you have to like, you kind of pay for what you get in terms of transcripts. But yeah, basically, if you in the description of your YouTube channel or your YouTube video and a podcast, write out a long form copy of something or a mm-hmm. long blog post, you can break that up into pieces and use that as posting content, you know, yeah. and uh, you can use something like subtitle as well, which is something I would do. So with my YouTube video that got uploaded, I would keep the video clip put it into subtitle and what subtitles does is it creates Uh, like a heading you know and it has the uh, or like a title on the video and it has the the uh, captions Mm -hmm. or the subtitles and then it has the progress bar like all those kind of things it does all that for you super easy so I love subtitles. I have like an affiliate link or whatever um, because I keep telling people about them. Like I should probably just do the affiliate link. Uh, And you can use that and break up your YouTube content into smaller pieces of content and then repurpose that as well. So those are just like a couple of things that I would do in terms of productivity.
0: Yeah, those are great. I love those. And we use a wave.io for our wave.co for ours um, our subtitles and stuff, but I think, you know, the subtitles are also, uh, we recently just worked with someone who's blind as a podcaster and it's interesting like, oh yeah, the accessibility part is really important to having those subtitles for different, uh, for also the captions for also different people, with different disabilities, be able to, uh, to read them if they can't, if they can't, they're hard of hearing. So mm-hmm. it's interesting just also that it, Google loves those captions because more one, it's more SEO and then two, it's more accessible. So they love showcasing those videos and things that are accessible, which is great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. Cool. And uh, yeah, I put out one video a week with the productivity and just what I would do with MPI radio as well as I'd, I like them to be short. I don't want Mm -hmm. to be super long. I want someone to come in and be like, that's one episode about one specific thing. I could have three quick little like pieces to whatever that framework is or teaching. But uh, yeah, I just have like a quick episode like I just uploaded one today and it's a seven minute video. So, you know, seven minutes, is pretty short for people instead of like a 30 minute or a 40 minute or something like that. So that also helps just having like short bite sized information. Also people's mm-hmm. attention spans are like tiny nowadays, yeah. no offense to people, but you know what I mean? It's uh, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. So having shorter videos, I've found people really enjoy in the feedback that I get. They're like, I like your episodes are short. And then they can also binge your episodes more. And those short videos actually accumulate for more watch time, which is like for YouTube anyway. Uh, but people will binge more of your material i found with short episodes
0: absolutely yeah that's really cool we have a podcast that we work on it's a six-minute show which was pretty awesome <laughs> uh, yeah it's remember, awesome yeah i remember russell Brunson used to do his like five-minute marketing from his car <laughs> podcast too. yeah like, i always say like there's uh, there's some five-minute podcasts that are too long and some two-hour ones that are too short so but i think right. the more yeah. on the side of now today i think it's better to have shorter concise content that kind of gets a few main points over and then, and then move on. Right. And then less of the, just the filler stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a huge thing is like be concise, you know, and it helps also to like write out your content and uh, create the game plan before you start the content as well. It's also huge.
0: Yeah, and that's a great repurposing plan that you got there too that creates a lot of uh, efficient use of your content, it sounds like. So that's awesome. So now tell us a bit about in your business when you're working with entrepreneurs, how are you 10xing their, uh, their productivity so they can get more things done, earn more money, have more time to do what they want to do? So take us through some of your best tips.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot. It also depends on where (laughs) someone's at too, hundred percent and like what position they're in, how much money they're making in their business or what role they play. Cause the entrepreneur just starting out is going to be way different than the entrepreneur making 50, hundred K a month. You know, it's like, it's a whole different animal, a whole different person. So that's where it's a very tailored approach. But what I do is a huge uh, calendar audit. I want to like literally break open your calendar and see what's in there. And I don't want to just see calls. I want to see like you are literally scheduling everything. I have a workshop called Schedule Everything and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna deliver it to this one uh, sales uh, association. But uh, we were talking about it and it's like, yeah, people just don't do that. You know, I met one person who did way better and it's like, it's just not common enough. And it's, people think uh, that it's like, kind of controlling of your time. And it it is because your time is the most precious resource that you have. That's really what I'm helping people with is dial in that time on the things that matter most to them, not just work. So it's like, you want to know what, I mean, I want to know when this person is the most productive as well. And everything that we accumulate, all this information goes into the calendar because you, you have certain hours where you're very productive. It could be in the morning. It could be in the middle of the day. It could be in the evening. You know, depending on you and it's called your chronotype. And there's actually a quiz you can take called uh, the power of when quiz.com. And it's by this doctor mm-hmm. who's like a sleep doctor. And he wrote this book called the power of when it's like, when you should wake up, when you should go to bed, when you should eat, you know, it's like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's oh, But God. he goes into all the science. So if you take the quiz, it tells you what your chronotype is. Mine's a bear. So that means that my most like efficient time is going to sleep around 11 PM, 10 or 11 waking up around six or seven, you know, and then my power hours are between 10 and 2 PM. That's where I'm like the most alert, the most awake. And that's when I'm creating content or that's when I'm, Um, you know, writing sales pages or doing, you know, sales calls, things like that. So knowing when you do your best work is a huge part of it in terms of productivity and then calendaring everything like calendaring the rest time, calendaring family and friends time, um, calendaring Mm -hmm. your work time, of course, you know, and what specific tasks you want to get done each day. Um, and it's actually really liberating when you do it. It's kind of weird at first and may seem like a little overwhelming, but, uh, It is, it's a lot more freeing and even still that my calendar, if you see it, you're like, wow, that's crazy. I still have a lot of freedom and free time, you know, it's just I'm prioritizing the things that matter most to me, which is why it makes it a lot easier to be more disciplined to follow that schedule and you have a good structure. So that's probably like the biggest thing and understanding as well, like what the MITs are for that specific person. Those are your most important tasks. For whatever position you're in, because a lot of people spend so much time just doing the busy work, quote unquote, and they (laughs) feel like they're being productive, but they're not actually being productive. So helping them distinguish those MITs and then putting those MITs where, um, where they need to be on the calendar in terms of the person's energy. So
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I love that working with your energy too, because I know I'm definitely not a work in the evening kind of person. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) can't do it anymore. Fall asleep while I'm my computer desk. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting to work at following those. I'm sure if you're following your your natural uh, rhythms, that's also much more productive. But you know, it's interesting. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, James, I'm sure, finding your business go into being an entrepreneur because they want the freedom, and then. Mm I know this is what happened to me um, is that I went into being an entrepreneur because I I had flexibility in my schedule and more time freedom and all this stuff. But actually I was working a lot harder and a lot more hours than I would have had just gone to a nine to five job. And so having to learn the systems and the scheduling allows that freedom um is that right is any any tips for people who are in that kind of still space they want to be an entrepreneur because they want the freedom but i've not got that freedom yet
1: Yeah. Well, you got to earn the freedom. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. People are like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, I'm free, but it's like, you're not really free until you're making the money and then you can like do the freedom. But another thing too, is that oftentimes in entrepreneurship, you either have one or the other and Mm -hmm. the balance is the challenge. You either have a lot of free time and no money, or you have a lot of money and no free time. Cause with more money comes more responsibility, you know? So again, it totally depends on where the person's at. I think one of the biggest things that I could share with someone as an entrepreneur, especially if they're like, getting the snowball kind of rolling down the mountain mm-hmm. uh, and just like moving or pushing the car, wherever you want to put it, that first like initial push to build momentum. It's that uh, you're never going to be able to do everything, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, I, I believe in like, do all the things that you love to do. Absolutely. Keep an abundant mindset as well, but you do have a limited amount of time in a day. You have 1,440 minutes per day. And when you kind of think about that 1440, it really puts into perspective, like, I only have this amount of time today. How do I want to spend that time? And the more that you, more responsibility you have, the more income that you generate, the more you realize how precious those minutes are. And that time really is. But I think the one of the biggest challenges is like, if you have in your calendar that at 2 p.m., I'm going to switch to a less intense task. And maybe I'm still working till like 5 p.m. Uh, Or whatever it is, like setting those hours and those times that I'm working or I'm spending time with family and establishing Mm -hmm. those boundaries with yourself is huge because what people tend to do and what I've been guilty of in the past is that when it's family friend time and I'm hanging out with my girlfriend going on a date, I'm still thinking about work. I'm still Mm -hmm. in work mode. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So the ability to detach is so huge, it's paramount, you know, because it's so easy as an entrepreneur to be like, oh, there's so much more to work on, there's other things to create, you know, and there's always gonna be more to work on. There's always gonna be more to create and Mm -hmm. uh, to keep building as well. It's a forever thing and you're always gonna have it. So your ability to detach, and be content with what did get done. And that's where having the productivity practices and making the most of that time is gonna make it easier because you'll be like, I did my best. I did everything that I possibly could. And now I'm gonna spend time with my family or my friends or whatever's most important to you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. And especially as soon as when uh, all of us, a lot of us are working from home or we have other people working from home as well, uh, during the last year and a half, it's that turn off switch to then switch to family only time or significant other time. Um, and so is there a productivity trick to like ending your day and switching that into, into then the relaxing family time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what happens too, is like, if you're writing a book, for example, or you're doing Mm -hmm. your, you do a bunch of coaching calls or whatever it is. Uh, and then you just kind of like close your computer get up and go hang out with the family in the other room you know you just walk out there from your little office or wherever you work not
0: a long commute Uh,
1: no no well that's the thing too is that you're not you're still like you're still in work mode. So the ability to transition into, now I'm going to be in family mode. And this actually comes from uh, Brendan Burchard in his book, High Performance Habits, Giving Mm -hmm. Credit Where Credit Is Due. I learned it from him and it's been so valuable for me and even my clients when I share it with them. But it's just a, um, it's setting an intention before you go make a transition. So the transition, for example, would be being in work and then going in to hang out with your family. That's a completely different thing. And there's a little transition right there in the middle that you have to make uh, to be fully present with who you're with. So uh, he calls it, what is it? It's a uh, release meditation. So what you do is you can do it for as long as you want. He says he'll do it for like 5, 10, 15, even 20 minutes. But even like even doing just a really quick, just taking a couple breaths is still really valuable and take you like two minutes. But what you do is you just close your eyes and you just take deep breaths. And as you're doing it, you say, release, 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 and you keep telling yourself to release. And as you do it, you mentally are releasing. And at the same time, you're physically releasing. Mm. So like dropping your shoulders and just relaxing Mm. and just keep saying release until you personally feel that you have genuinely released. And when you have relaxed, then you can open your eyes and say, I'm about to go do X. So I'm about to go hang out with my family, with my kids or my girlfriend or whatever it is, or boyfriend. Uh, who do I want to be when I do that? And that's what you ask yourself. Mm. And then you come up with an answer like, who, what would my best self do in this situation? And this also works when you're going from family time, maybe in the morning, to go to work. You know, It's like all these transitions that we have throughout the day instead of just bleeding them together. So you say, you take that deep breath. You say, I'm about to go hang out with my family. Who do I want to be while I do that? You say, well, I want to be present with my family. I want to play with my kids. I want to laugh. I want to enjoy the time that I spend with them because it's limited. My kids, maybe we're going to grow up or whatever it is. And you think about that. And then what that does is you like pre-frame yourself. So right when you walk through that door or curtain or whatever you got, then uh, you get to be present with your family and you're focused on that intention. So setting that intention as you make transitions.
0: I love it. Yeah. That's really great. And those are those, I can see that how that can work so well to just it's more compartmentalizing your, uh, your life so that, you know, even if it's all in the same kitchen, kitchen table area, (laughs) there's a defined borders between the work and the home life. Uh, that's awesome I love it uh, James this has been super helpful for our podcasters and people who are thinking about starting their podcasts, our audience at home uh, who are you know in the entrepreneurial space and looking for ways to get more of their freedom back what has been the one thing that you have learned from having your podcast that's really changed the changed the way you've done your business
1: uh, one thing I've learned from having the podcast is so something me.
0: you've learned from all your guests or, you know, something you've learned from just doing the podcast.
1: Um, I think the thing, I think what I've learned is how to become like better at talking better at delivering, mm-hmm. which has mm-hmm. been huge. And I think I challenge whoever listens to this as well. um, not to edit your podcast. Cause I've been on P I have a friend actually, who I won't mention their name, but they uh, would edit their podcast like all the time. And a lot of people do it, you know, they are like, Oh, we could just edit that, edit that out. But I challenge you not to edit. Because mm-hmm. I started doing that. And then my interviews, like one time I was interviewing this girl and she was really short to where her feet wouldn't actually touch the ground in her chair, like super tiny. And her cat came over and started like brushing against the chair and her chair just started turning. And she's just <laughs> sitting there like turning. <laughs> and I thought it was so funny. She started laughing. She said it was her cat, but we left it in there, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I challenge you to do that because if you get presented you know, people find your content or whatever. And maybe someone says, Hey, I'd love to have you come speak to our group of a hundred entrepreneurs or your ideal customer. And you get up there, you don't get to edit. You don't, you don't Mm -hmm. get the opportunity to edit that and say, wait, can we do another take? Like, no, you're on, you're on stage. You know, you have an opportunity to deliver right there. So when you do that, you get way better at thinking on your feet because you're going to trip up. I still do. There's times where it happens. You know, and um, yeah, I just kind of challenge you to do that because doing that has really helped me become a better speaker and better mm-hmm. presenter just in, in general.
0: Awesome. I love that tip. I definitely do not edit my podcast either. I think in the 150 episodes or so that we've done, we've done, I think I've had like maybe four edit points. And it's mostly when we drop something or <laughs> a microphone has been hit or something loud noise that would be uncomfortable for the ears. But like, I love, love what you said. And I challenge everybody to do what James says. Just pretend as if you're live, because it, it forces you to become a better speaker. And mm-hmm. also, for having a guest, it doesn't give them permission to make to stop and oh, it doesn't sound good. I want to change what I said here. Um, I don't think I've ever had a guest say that before. So I think it's so helpful, right? Because if you give them permission, say, "Okay, if you see anything, don't worry about it. So we'll edit this out." They're gonna get you to edit something out.
1: <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I told yeah. my friend about that. He was like whoa he's like oh that's <laughs> that's intense and it's like well yeah but the more you do it like you're just gonna get better because Absolutely. he wants to do more speaking in general and i'm like if you go on a stage like you're gonna have to be concise be present you know mm-hmm. and be able to deliver without editing so yeah, yeah. and
0: those filler words you got to take them out of your vocabulary instead of, yeah, I'm still,
1: <laughs> I'm still working on it. The ums, the uh, uh we
0: all, we all are.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a for everything. And when you challenge yourself, it, it causes you to, your brain just starts to get trained of like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm about to say, um, or whatever your idiosyncrasy is.
0: Yeah, we had a a workshop a few weeks ago about using filler words and how to get them out of your vocabulary. And the challenge was to uh, give yourself a topic like vacuum cleaners and like a one minute to talk about vacuum cleaners without saying, um, or, ah or pausing, Mm. (laughs) it was challenging when it's not something that's very interesting. (laughs) And so that was a really cool way of being able to help your vocabulary and uh, learn to pause. And not use the filler words <laughs> when you're mm-hmm. not sure what else to say. I thought that was a really cool uh, exercise that we really liked. Uh, we liked doing the workshop. That was super cool. I wasn't us teaching it, it was Rebecca and her partner, uh, Steve at Tall Small um, Productions. It was really cool. Uh, cool activity for us.
1: Awesome. Very yeah. cool.
0: Very cool. And I love the authenticity of not knowing not doing the editing, right? Because then people get yeah. you there's no you can't fake it. You can't uh you can't pretend to be someone else because uh, over time that uh, you can't keep that up over time on a podcast. You just gotta be you right. and be real and there's no other way around it.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's probably been like the biggest I think one of the biggest takeaways just get it. It's helped me really, you know, get better at presenting and being more concise, et cetera. So
0: Mm, I love it. That's great advice. Thank you so much. James, that's been awesome having you on Amplify You today. Thank you for being with us today. Amplify You audience, make sure you go and check out James's podcast. Um, And James, where can we find more information about you and working with you?
1: Yeah, the biggest thing is just go to my website. It's jamesallencoaching.com and is Allen is A L L E N. But if you type in James Allen Coaching, I'm sure I will come up.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right. And for more productivity hacks and tips, head over to James's podcast, the productivity and oh my gosh, that's going to my head. Performance and productivity. Performance, <laughs> and, productivity. performance <laughs> and productivity. I was going to say it the other way around. I was going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> so On the website, too
1: if you go to the website and just go to the blog tab, uh, that's all the YouTube videos that I also upload to my uh, podcast as well. Awesome. Check that out.
0: Great. Well, thanks so much, James. Take care, amplify your family out there. Go check out James stuff. And until next week, go out there. Your uniqueness is your genius and we can't see amplified. Can't wait to see amplified to the world. Take care.